Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of PressYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only head of HR, Nathan McInerney. Yo, it's been a busy week. It has. It inexplicably has been like a surprisingly busy week, I think, for all of us in ways both kind of good and bad, but also in terms of games, which I know that we all certainly will have a lot to talk about. But before I do that, uh, allow us to introduce uh, our second co-host for this evening. Uh, He is, of course, uh, the one and only person that wants to remind you that Stadia at a point in time existed. I think it might actually still exist. In any case, his name is, yeah, it does still exist, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're a huge fan of Stadia. I'm talking about, of course, AJ Fraser. Honestly, out of the streaming services, believe it or not, like I haven't tried Luna, but Mm. quality wise, it's still kind of like the best in terms of latency and all that, like just in my own testing, like on the same Wi-Fi network, it's still the best. So I just wish... Google would friggin' do something with it. Oh, they're I doing mean, something with it. They're going to cancel it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Mean, um, other than that. Here's the thing, AJ. I don't deny what it is that you're currently saying, but I feel like outside of Amazon Luna, which I was only mm-hmm. just reminded of its existence because you just brought it up a moment ago, I couldn't yep. name any other major streaming service that's like competing with uh, Stadia on that level. So Xbox it kind of wins by default. Well, okay, well, the, yes, but... The, you have the Xbox Cloud Streaming and then PlayStation Now, which is going to be PlayStation Plus yeah. integrated. Premium. Right? So PlayStation Premium, premium. that's it. Um, yeah. And actually, I will say the PlayStation Premium, like the PS Now servers, um, I was playing some fighting games on them when they gave like that dollar demo and you could play a month again. And Mm -hmm. the fighting game streaming worked fine. Like, Mm -hmm. it was actually surprisingly good. So I guess I was thinking more in terms of like streaming services that are exclusive to PC like Stadia uh, that were, you know, trying to go for these crazy lofty, you know, ambitious ideas and concepts of like, oh, you'll be able to share a link that will allow you to automatically jump into a specific point in this game that this one famous streamer saved. You guys remember that GDC talk, all the promises yep. that they made there? Oh, yeah. <sighs> that So many, they're, they're like so many innovative ideas that just because they f- failed in the messaging and they failed to support the service as, as well as they should have, it just didn't happen like right that google has enough money they could have brute forced it and made it work but they chose not to well and they closed their studios working on like exclusive games because the bigger problem is there's no reason to own a stadia like for exclusives yeah every console has some sort of exclusive and stadia will never have one yeah at this point so Well, Whatever. without further ado, uh, before we get started, a reminder, as always, that we here at PressYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there is no better way to support us than, of course, by being excellent to each other. Uh, bit of housekeeping, Nathan, Yo. your LEGO Dimensions adventure just 
continues to unroll like an unlimited fruit roll up. Where are you at currently in it? Are you four near levels the end? left? Four levels left. Now I went into um the last week thinking I'd only get two done because they've been taking me an hour and they're surprisingly long. Um, but I was actually able to get three. So not only did we get through the Scooby-Doo world, we got through the Midway Arcade world, which is super cool. And then, oh, I'm blanking on what the, oh, um, I was blanking on what the last world, uh, that we did, but we got three worlds, um, done. And the Midway Arcade one was actually super cool. It had you like, like playing Gauntlet in Lego version. Hmm um at certain points and i had you playing one of those top-down racing games like it it was taking you out in and out of like midway arcade games from like like that you actually would have put quarters into from back in the day it's kind of neat yeah it was super cool there's four levels left i may just try and brute force it to be done with it tomorrow uh my worry is is that i get through three and then there's just one level left for the next week and it just i don't know I don't want to leave one level left and then just be done early and have to switch everything over. So, right. yeah, so I might just try and brute force it tomorrow night. And when I'm done, I'm done. All right. Well, you can check to see whether or not Nathan decides to brute force the last few levels in Lego Dimensions or plays it normally and casually uh, tomorrow uh, on twitch.tv slash pressyz at 9 p.m. EST. Uh, of course, uh, Nathan has been streaming up a storm on his own Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the underscore NMAC. So you can definitely check out what he's been up to on the Twitchverse there as well. Uh Let's get right into things today. Originally, we were planning on having uh, a very beloved longtime friend of the show guest on tonight's episode. Uh, unfortunately, plans changed and he couldn't make it. And I said, you know what? We've all been up to quite a bit, a surprising amount uh, over the course of the past couple of weeks. So let's just kind of kick it and take it easy this time. It's not going to be any crazy bits, no special games, crazy segments at the end. Let's just talk. And AJ. Sorry, I had my mic muted. Hi. I've been looking over the list of everything that we collectively have been up to over the course of the past few weeks. And I so happen to spy that apparently you have been playing a little bit of Pokemon Heart Gold alongside the Pokewalker. Tell me all about it. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it on the show last week, but last week I finally caught the Rona. Woo! Go me! Um, mm. Yeah, and so while I was dealing with that, you know, I didn't really want to have to play anything too complicated or, or what have you. Um, plus, I needed something to kind of motivate me to not let my muscles atrophy rotting away on the couch. Uh, as I coughed my brain out. Um, So in order to kind of like get myself at the very least walking around um, the apartment a little bit, the, I kind of had this, I like itch and this urge, like to just kind of go back and like start Pokemon gold again. Um, I had originally started playing a little bit of the Pokemon Blue on the 3DS, the the downloaded version, because like they're closing right. that store next month, and so like I was looking at that soon. At, like, yeah, it's 
or it's sorry, it's not close. It's closing next year, but you won't be able to use your credit card on on it on the 3DS. So buy what you can now. Um, So I just made sure I had like digital copies of like some of my favorite, like virtual console Game Boy games and stuff. And there's, I, I got, there's like a Zelda and some Zeldas and the, I made, I made sure my ambassador, um, certificate from the original um 3ds launch their their make good was all downloaded and i got all of that oh yeah uh, onto that's my, right yeah onto my 3ds xl um yeah so I, I was just looking at all that stuff and like i was playing a little bit of the the pokemon blue um and i got part of the way through it and i was just like i have this I'm using this 3DS here, which can play DS games, and I've got this Pokewalker just sitting here. I need to move around. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that a little bit, and so uh, I started a new game in it. Um, I had, I had started a new game previously from like years ago that I wasn't at all attached to, so I just started a new one. Didn't feel bad about it, um, and like. I have I haven't even done like the first gym leader yet. I've mo I've been primarily just playing around with like the Poke Walker and like trying to see what I can and can't, you know, unlock with it and looking all that stuff up. Um but like that thing was like fairly shallow, but like incredibly interesting and and like borderline innovative in terms mm. of like the Pokemon experience, right? Because you could take what it, there. There was a little infrared chip in the uh, DS cartridge of the game, and that's how you would transfer Pokemon to the Pokewalker, right? And so, on this Pokewalker, think of it like a little Digivice or a little Tamagotchi that you clip onto yourself, and you could either shake it around if you really want, or you do it correctly and attach it to your hip or to your sock or something and walk walk around, uh, go for a walk or something. And so, um, when you do that, you, the more steps you take, you earn these Watts and you spend these Watts on the Pokewalker to have encounters, uh, with Pokemon, some of which are exclusive to the Pokewalker, um, depending on how much of the Pokewalker and the different areas you unlock, um, depending on how far you get in that um and so i it's being cooped up in my apartment uh with covid you know i I just found it was a a nice way to to kind of like get out without getting out if that makes sense sure that's right that game the pokewalker i'm beginning to realize now as we're having this conversation the pokewalker in a way was kind of like this prenatal version of what we would eventually get with Pokemon Go. I, I mm-hmm. suspect, you know, if you were to ask Niantic, you know, where their inspiration for Pokemon Go came from, I don't know that the Pokewalker would be like their number one source of inspiration. But I feel like you often see this with a lot of Nintendo franchises where they have like an idea very early on that takes years and years, maybe even a decade to kind of blossom yeah. into this much more kind of fuller fledged thing. Um, For sure. Yeah, I I was going to say, would you be surprised 
if I revealed that I've actually ne- never played Heart Gold or Soul Silver. I would be surprised at that, actually. Like, with how much... How much like you're a bigger Pokemon fan than I am. And like even even Mitch is a bigger Pokemon fan than I am. But like, you know, it's it's you know, if you've listened to past episodes of the show where we do talk about Pokemon, like Gen 2 is kind of my favorite hmm. um, out of all of the generations. Like it wasn't my first, but it it became my favorite. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah, it it is a little surprising that you haven't played Heart Gold or Soul Silver. I highly recommend them. They're actually very good. Would you yeah, be surprised if I told you I hadn't played it? You should play it. Get get a Pokewalker, take it out for your run. That would that would be helpful. You you go you go running. Like a Pokewalker would make sense for you. True. I, I uh the, the yeah. story the, the kind of long and short of it is that um Heart Gold and Soul Silver came out uh, in that period of time where I was into Pokemon, but I wasn't getting every single game the year it came out. I remember uh, purchasing Pokemon Platinum when it came out and kind of like drifting off and like waiting an entire year before I actually went back to it and played it. Um, and in the years since, like, you know, people revere those uh, games as like among the best in the series, if not the best. And if I got to be a hundred thousand percent honest in a way i feel like that's actually kind of turned me off from playing them i don't you know mean any ill will towards you know anyone uh that loves those games obviously if those are your favorite games then you know by all means more power to you but i love i love it when a franchise has a fan base uh that is kind of prone to recommend a variety of different games from said franchise when people ask, hey, you know, what game in this franchise should I get into? I feel like in the Legend of Zelda fan base, for example, somebody says, hey, you know, I want to get into the Legend of Zelda series. Where should I start? That the reaction to that question is often like, oh, well, if you like a Zelda game that is, you know, very modern feeling and, you know, provides a really creative spin on the open world formula you should play breath of the wild if you want to play a classic game that still feels good to play play a link to the past if you want to play you know a classic 3d game play ocarina of time 3d on the 3ds i've always been a little bit annoyed that when it comes to recommending what pokemon game to play overwhelmingly it feels like people tend to just recommend heart gold and soul silver which again are games that i know you know uh, many people love for very kind of legitimate reasons and uh i believe from everything i've seen of them are legitimately great games that i probably would really enjoy if i sat down and played them but i kind of wish people were a little bit more like, hey, if you're looking for a Pokemon game that has a much stronger emphasis on story, check out Black and White. If you're looking for a Pokemon game that has you know, like uh, really good kind of characterization in terms of its uh, main cast of characters, you know, check out Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. If you're looking for a Pokemon game that has a lot of really great modern uh, quality of life features, check out Sword and Shield. Um, but again, I have no doubt that both games are really, really solid, and that this is a very admittedly petty rant for me to go on right now. Ah, you weren't. I don't think you were ranting. I think, I think you were just expressing like why you haven't gone there, which is totally valid. I think, I think if you get the opportunity, you should give it a go. Um, and also, like 
make you also play Pokemon Go, so like make use of the Pokewalker. Take one of your sure. actual Pokemon from a Pokemon game with you. Right. And the the actually one of the the only issues that I I kind of ran into is like the cross generation compatibility, right? Mm. Because if you remember in the original Pokemon Red and Blue and the original Gold and Silver, you could trade Pokemon back and forth, but Mm. they had to be the original 151 to um, be able to go back and forth to Red and Blue. Um, Now, you can trade directly with, because it is technically a Gen 4 game, you can trade directly with the original uh, Diamond and Pearl but you can't trade anything with black and white. You can't even do that. Oh, only the first four generations. No, they, they, it won't even allow that. Hmm. It just won't work. So you have to use like the Pokemon bank and trade them that way and then pull them in that way. Right. So, which is yeah annoying. I mean, it, it's but. cool that as far back as like Ruby and Sapphire, you can continue to transfer up your Pokemon games through all sorts of weird means and Pokemon banks. But yeah, I, I definitely get why that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, Nathan. Yo, I feel real bad that once again, I screwed you over. I pulled the rug from underneath you. I started up a brand new fresh episode of press YZ and I immediately started with a Pokemon topic. So I'm going to turn the table to you and ask you a little bit about Moss Book 2. Hey, what do you know? I've been playing Moss Book 2. So, caveat, um, I got the code. It took you a second there to make the neurons in the brain fire for a second. You were so, like, mellowed out by the Pokemon conversation. So much Poke talk. I feel, I feel like we put them to sleep almost. Um, there were words I were hearing. I was hearing words. That's true. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm reviewing it for ps4blog.net. It's my last review for them. Um, I told you guys last week I wrapped up doing my reviews for them. Um, however, I'm the only person with the PSVR and they'd asked for the code prior to me leaving apparently. So they asked if I could do this one. Um, and I was like, all right. Um, also, I'm just finished recording a conversation with uh, Mr. Bad Bit from the Trophy Room about it, which is going to be airing on the Trophy Room podcast uh, tomorrow. So if you guys listen to that, and you should, because um, Joe and Kyle do an awesome podcast, uh, please, um, I'll have more in-depth thoughts there. Um, but yeah, Moss too. They were great guests on Press YZ back in the day, and I imagine that you'll be a great guest on theirs, Nathan. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, no, it's a great game. Uh, like, so Cozy, you played Moss. You haven't played Moss, AJ. You don't have a PSVR, I, right? I do have a PSVR, um, and I played some of the first one. Okay, yeah. okay. So um, Moss Two is more of the same picks up right where it ends um where the original ends um and essentially your quill uh number one let me start off by saying this quill is a fucking badass let me just say that um she is one of my favorite antagonists or protagonists yeah um but yeah no so you start it's the same type of thing where you're the reader uh you're a character in the game you interact with the world and you control quill at the same time i really like when vr does this sort of like 3d um 
like 3D diorama style games where you control the person in front of you and you're looking around. Um, Ghost Giant right. did really well with that too. Um, it's really and of course, under Astrobot. Uh oh. Yep, Astrobot w- did that, was that as well. The- the magic um, keyword that would cause so yeah, Nathan's no, stream I, to I really um, enjoyed my time so. with it. It's a exactly good adventure. It takes some narrative to, choices, which I, say I did it again, not that expect. My son it. was watching. He's like, was that supposed to Astrobot. happen? And I was like, I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Nope. 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 Doesn't seem like that did anything. Oh, he's stuck. Well, uh, unfortunately, Coast, we'll have Coast, to you're cutting out. wait I'm here and pray that a tree didn't accidentally fall on Nathan's. Oh. No. Oh, wait. You're, th- are, are you back? I think I'm back. I hear you. Everything seems to be working fine. Uh, internet's chugging in the subdivision today. I don't know what's going on. Mm, okay. Uh, Thanks. Everybody's good. watching that pornography. Yes, that happens. Um, probably all the same one, too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Moss 2 is just this brilliant little adventure. Uh, one of the things it does really cool is that you actually get two new weapons uh in the game so there's like a disc that you can throw as a ranged weapon which does less damage but it's a lot more mobile and then you get a hammer which is a heavier weapon um and it does way more damage but obviously not as quick to use um and those are used for environmental puzzle solving as well which is cool so it kind of gives me some zelda vibes in that case yeah uh, i remember the original had some like zelda like vibes for sure so but. yeah i had some small technical hiccups where it kept freezing on me at certain spots and i had to re like um as it was freezing uh like restarting the checkpoint over and over and over. it took me like four tries to get through on them um mm, but it's ugh. a brilliant game it's likely the swan song for the psvr in the original in fact i was kind of surprised when they announced this a few weeks ago that it was coming this early I thought for sure it was going to be held for the next one, but it makes me think that we'll see some sort of Moss collection come uh, yeah. for PSVR 2. Both of them with like a, a HD remake or something like that. Yeah, up or something like that. And they'd be worth a playthrough again. It's not a huge time. It's uh, like four hours long, like maybe four plus, just under five. So it's not a huge time commitment um, to actually play through it. I think the bigger thing is I've already heard people complain about having to hook their PSVRs up in the first place. Thankfully, mine's already connected to my PS5. Um, I've used it occasionally. I think my bigger issue was I had to make sure one of my DualShock 4s were charged and I forgot about that. And I went to go play it and it wasn't charged. So um, also redeveloping my VRC legs because it's been a while since I've used it. So I was yeah. like doing an hour at a time just to like take an hour break. So because I was being like, OK, this isn't great now in my head. Let's let's take a bit of a break. When you complete the original Moss, like it's very clear that you're not at the end of Quill's story, that a sequel like very much is in the books. Uh, I was still a little bit surprised that it took this much time for Moss Book 2 to come around. I mean, the original Moss came out in 2018, and if you kind of do the math, it's been 3.5-ish years since that game's release, which feels appropriate for, like, how long it usually takes, you know, quality AAA games to release nowadays, especially considering that Polyarch is seemingly not, like, a huge team of people. Um, I'm curious, playing Moss Book 2, did you ever remark like, oh, uh, now I understand why it took them this long to 
put out this sequel? Like, does the amount of time that this game took to come into existence sort of like ooze through the digital walls of this game or? Yes and no. I think the environments are bigger. They're a lot more grandos. Um, uh, The original one was a lot of self-contained small sections where this one, they have bigger sections that like you'll change your viewpoint as you go to different parts of the room, but they're all one interconnected room and you can see them through each other. So you can kind of see their growth that way. I don't know if it's three and a half years, but it's a small team. They're developing a sequel. Um, I will say Quill's story feels like it's wrapped up Hmm. when you finish since, but there's a, so the, like the books will change as it's telling you the story. Cause I think one of the most charming parts about this game is that there's a narrator reading everything to you. And the narrator does the voices of all the characters, which is super cool. Um, but as it's reading, like as you read the book, um, it'll flip through three different books as you play the game. But then just to the right of you, there's another book and it's got a mouse character on the front of it. That's not Quill. Ooh. And it's just kind of off to the side. And I'm like, huh, is this going to be because the whole reason why Quill's world's in disaster is there's this character called the Cinder Knight who um, and they talk about in the first game, too, who brought kind of ruin to the world. Um, and with their evil reader. So and I'm wondering if maybe they could do a Cinder Knight prequel to it. Which I think hmm. could be really interesting where maybe it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels where you see Anakin go bad. Wait, is that a spoiler? I uh, don't know. I don't know. I'm Who sorry knows? if I spoiled Star Wars for you. No from way of the knowing. Prequels. Um, but yeah, you, so I'm curious if that's where they're going next. Uh, with that, I just thought I was like, is that an Easter egg? Is that a hint? And maybe we see Bot Moss Book Three quicker packaged with one and two as a bundle for PSVR two. Hmm. Like, if you do think that that's the direction that Moss Book Three is going to go in, do you feel like it's going to be like a, a story where, well, actually. Uh, the uh, original mouse and their reader partner were misinterpreted by history. They were actually trying to do something good, but that good unfortunately led to chaos. Or do you think it will straight up just be this is a mouse murder simulator, which sounds really dark, but you you get what I'm kind of getting at. I'm thinking based on this game more number two. Wow. There's things I don't want to spoil, but it takes some interesting narrative turns. Well, I'm <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty heavy, but I'm definitely there for it. Uh, last question I'll ask you about it, because I know that you talked quite extensively about this on the trophy room. And if anybody wants to hear Nathan's definitive thoughts on this game, you'll definitely want to listen to that episode of that podcast to hear him there. Um, you know, when I reflect back on my time with Moss Book One, uh, as much as I enjoyed that game, I felt like I had a lot of issues sort of properly positioning myself within the 3D space that Moss takes place in as a reader. I felt like there were many times where I had difficulty like holding my dual shock uh, for like too far or too close to what was going on uh, with Quill. Do you feel like this game is an improvement in that regard or is it still kind of like that same balancing act? So I don't think it's the game's fault for the record, but yes, it's still a problem a little bit. Like I could be holding my dual shock four 
and like you have like a little orb to represent where your DualShock 4 is. And I'm holding it still and I'm seeing this orb moving back and forth mm. and jittering. Yeah. Um, and that's an issue with just like how PSVR was built and using the light sensors. Yeah. Um, I think when we get PSVR 2 with those new, what are we calling them? The sense controllers? I think it's just the sense controllers. Um, yeah. I think um, as it's using inside out tracking uh, with cameras on the unit itself and not using light, I think um, that will be greatly improved. But if we're playing with PSVR, we got to like, how old is the PSVR now? When did it come out? Like 2017? I want to say 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. It was the same same year as the PS4 Pro, I believe. Yeah, right. that sounds right. So it's six years old at this point. The hardware is based on technology from the PS3 with the move controllers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That um, they had sitting in a warehouse somewhere, so they decided to try and repurpose them. Uh, so thankfully, I already had a pair of those. Yep. So put the gate up, buddy. Sorry, I just received a pup. That's okay. Yep. We've got to see the pup. you got to pay the pup tax. Oh, hold on Let a me second. bring the pup on stream. Oh, she's very... Whoa. Oh, she's, she's all excited. She's very wet. Somebody took her outside and it was raining. Say hi, Hazel. Hi, Hazel. Hello, oh, Hazel. She's grown so much in the little time we've had her. Um, but uh, yeah, by the way, you can see Hazel on most nights I stream because I have a pup cam set up. And she uh, is, uh, unless I'm using Lego because I need that camera for Lego instead, um, unless I'm using Lego, I'll have the pup cam set up. And she's always down here beside me in her banana bed. Uh, oh, because uh, we got Ooh. a banana bed um, for her and she loves it. Uh, how so. is um how is she acclimating to being home? Is she feel like she's part of the family now? I think she's getting there. Um, like she knows, like this is her home. I think she gets a little bit nervous. Like I t had to go pick up Connor from school today and she gets a little yeah. nervous going in the car. So, cause I think she wonders sometimes if she's coming back. Yeah. So, hmm. um, as she was moved around from house, ha um, house to house a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. just in her early days. Cause we went left on a trip immediately. Now where'd she go? Yeah. Hmm. So. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we love her and I think she's acclimating. She's doing great with potty training. We're really working hard at it. Um, and yeah, um, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. In fact, I'm going to put down my headset for a second and go chase her down. So let's move on. Uh, cause she's somewhere go in my basement it. and I don't know where. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I suppose I'll take the opportunity then, uh, AJ to ask you a little bit about a certain game called Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. Don't sound particularly enthusiastic. <laughs> I I actually am. So another, you know, thing that, that I kind of like, it, it's another thing that, so partially inspired by, by me playing a, a little bit of Tunic, which, um, uh, you know, you you guys spoke about it like two weeks ago at this point. Um, tunic, tunic is good. Um, I don't know if I'm ever gonna finish it, but like I'm enjoying it. And it all it did is make me actually want to play Zelda. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, so I started a new game in Breath of the Wild as well. Nope. 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 
Um, oh, is she peeing? Is she pooping? She just went outside. Uh, welcome to episode. Yeah, go take her out. Go. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Uh, welcome to episode 108 of Press YZ. Yep. Puppies go poop sometimes. It happens. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so I started a new game in Breath of the Wild. And so I, I have never finished Breath of the Wild to, to the very end. Um, I made it like three, three beasts in on the Wii U. Hmm. Um, and then three out of the Wait, four. Hold on. Yeah. Did we ever talk on the podcast in the past about how you played this game on the Wii U? Um, I don't know. Maybe Th this is a game that has come up many times in the past because, of course, it's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, one of the biggest games of the past decade. But you played this game on the Wii U? Yeah. So I didn't get a switch at launch. I had to wait a couple weeks. Because they were sold out everywhere, and I thought it was going to be a repeat of the Wii U. And then I walked into a my uh, local shopper's drug mart, and sure enough, they had one back there. And I was like, I don't care, just fucking give me it. And I'm taking a game. And I got Breath of the Wild, which I also already had on the Wii U. So. Does that, that uh, answer your question? Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I mean, look... It you know, it's not the most surprising thing in the world. There are probably like a large silent there majority of, of us. Zelda fans out there that probably got it on the Wii U because, yeah, you can, you know, immediately get your hands on a switch when it first came out. It's just I'm kind of surprised that this particular anecdote has never come up before in the history of the podcast. I don't I even like know. It might have. I don't even I know like what the have, box art for this game looks like on Wii U. I think uh, you can keep talking about it. Just, I think it's the exact same. I mean, I've, I've got it out there, but like with Nathan gone, I, you know, I, I can't ask him to fill time so I can't go run and get it. But um, the. Yeah, so. I started a new game on the Switch and have been playing through that. Um, I just did the one one uh, Divine Beast. Um the uh the one in the the zora's domain um yeah. and that that's like i think canonically the first one yeah it's the one that the game kind of directs you to first of course first. it's not the one that you have to take on but it's like no you can go anywhere pretty close yeah um so like i said i had never finished it before but i think i'm actually going to like at the very least finish the story at this point i was partially inspired by the fact that I couldn't go outside, so I had to find ways of like trying to be outside and like experience nature in a in a in in an entertaining way um, as best as I could, and um, I also had you know the the delay of Breath of the Wild two into next year, like I had been wanting to play through. Um, I'd been wanting to play through Breath of the Wild and finish it for real. Um, but I just kept kind of pushing it off and pushing it off for whatever stupid reason I could, you know, was was dreaming up at the time. And then with the delay, I just decided, ah, fuck it. I'm going to start a new game in it. Let's let's go. Let's just fucking go. 
And so the first playthrough like that I did with on the Wii U and as well as like when I was first playing through it on the Switch. Um, so on the on the Wii U, like I found that I was climbing everything and gliding down from everything to everything. Right. Because that's like the mm. core function of the game. But as good as that feature is for those people who want to utilize it, there is so much detail and, and interesting lore-like architecture on the ground that you just miss if you just constantly scale scale a mountain to the highest peak and glide to your next destination. You miss so much of that game doing that. Um, and on on the Switch, uh, when I was originally playing through through it there after I first got the switch I um as as I like I was still having a lot of fun with it and repeating a lot of the stuff but I was also like I'm not gonna say speed running it but I was also like go just kind of going through the motions and not paying as right. much attention because I had seen a lot of it already but now I've been away from it for you know however many years at this point and I said you know what screw it I'm just gonna go through and I'm going to try and, like, stick to the paths as I do it. Yet yeah, I'm still going to fast travel when it makes sense and everything. But, like, when I'm going somewhere new, I'm going to try and, like, look at the map and try to see, okay, like, I don't feel like climbing this mountain. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to try to get from point A to point B just just by walking, right? And, like, I'll pick up whatever Korok seeds I, I can find along the way and I'll just go from there. Um, and I find I'm finding just a lot more engaged with the game itself and enjoying it, enjoying it a lot more right now. Um, playing it this way, and and I guess I have COVID to thank for that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely, yeah, it, it's it's still a really good game, Breath of the Wild. Well, I'm happy did to you, hear that. Did Sorry. you have, make your way all the way through it? or No, I, uh, I only, uh, I don't know, like, again, we have talked a lot about Breath of the Wild on this podcast, because again, it's Breath of the Wild. I don't know how much yeah. we've talked about my experience with the game. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, we've definitely talked about my, like, issues with it but like specifically talking about like how far i actually physically got in the game uh mm -hmm. i basically got to the first divine beast i got as far as the fight with the first ganondorf wraith whatever you call it boss of that yeah. thing uh never beat it and so i decided to kind of explore a little bit more of the world and mm -hmm. i definitely made it to uh, a couple of locales that you're definitely not expected to get to quite so uh, soon in the game. Like, for example, the village where the bird people live. I know they have a name, the Rito. There we go. Um, yeah. Among a couple of other locations, but ultimately I didn't last too long with it. Hmm. If I were to pick it up again, I would probably just do what you did and just kind of start from scratch because I wasn't like yeah. immensely attached to any particular mechanic or discovery in that game. And it would be more fun to just, you know, start up with a blank slate like that.
yeah um i i i highly recommend that approach it's there there there's so much to to kind of like welcome back nathan yeah sorry about that did, my apologies did she poop she no, uh, no had a nice big poop it was good good job good Ooh. dog good um, girl hazel yeah she did uh really good so good job uh, my apologies like, to like the father like dog yes like father like dog um both good poopers um yeah so we were just talking about breath of the wild and i know nathan you're not very hot on breath of the wild that was the perfect thing to skip perfect yeah why why breath of yeah. the wild um breakable weapons uh no dungeons mm -hmm. Uh, it's not fun to play. It is fun to play. Um, You're just incorrect about that. We've been over this a, bu a bunch, but yeah, like you didn't you didn't like some of the the you didn't like the breakable weapons and like the the departure from like the traditional like a whole bunch of dungeons and stuff like that was different. But like, yeah, see, they released um, that, then they released the remake of Link's Awakening. I fell in love with that. Like Link's Awakening is amazing. It's so. okay. I, yeah. I never finished that one either. The last thing I'll say about Breath of the Wild is, you know, everyone's kind of twisted right now because very recently Nintendo announced that the sequel to Breath of the Wild uh, was being delayed to 2023. Uh, I always breathe a sigh of relief, though, when things like that happen because it continues to push down the goalposts by which I can beat this game before it becomes yesterday's news. Uh, yeah. Of course, if I will actually get around to beating it before uh, the sequel comes out, you know, remains to be seen. I'd like to, but so many games, so little time, so to say. Yep. Uh, I want to take an opportunity to talk a little bit about what I have been up to over the course of the past couple of weeks. Uh, I recently, uh, quite unexpectedly, even to myself, got into Outriders. Um, of course, mm -hmm. Outriders, uh, the game developed by People Can Fly and published by Square Enix that came out, I want to say, at the beginning of last year. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because previously we talked about this game on the podcast because uh, you guys were playing through it at the time. Um, I'd had no interest in playing it then, uh, but recently uh, a friend of mine uh, kind of reached out and was like, hey, you know, I'm looking to squat up with some other people in Outriders. I'm really enjoying the game. And I kind of had this thing of like, you know, I still don't absolutely love what I've seen of Outriders, but I really trust this guy's opinion. And if he's still playing Outriders a year out from its release and thinks it's really solid, then maybe I should give it a solid two and try it out. Uh, I'm only like a couple of missions into the game i am not very far at all uh, the one thing that sticks out about it is how like surprisingly decent the lore of the game is uh people can fly the studio behind outriders previously worked on um what was it called bullet storm which was sort of like at yeah. the time of its release like a modern duke nukem game in that it was sort of taking that very kind of like puerile crass like potty humor style shooter but kind of modernizing it and imbuing it with a little bit more like depth uh than what you typically got out of those kinds of games in the past and while this game is not at all like uh bullet storm in terms of tone 
I feel like the kind of quality of writing has definitely kind of carried it, uh, carried over to it. And it's actually surprisingly carrying me a lot more through the game than I was expecting it would. I, um, so I played the shit out of this last year. Um, I, you know, I don't need to rehash everything about it, but like I had a bad experience where there was a, a, a bit of a, a character, killing bug that um you know erased all the items off your character and then you couldn't load in and equip new ones or something and so i had to start fresh from the very beginning and i ended up i don't know how or why i ended up sticking with it but i had it was myself and two uh friends um playing through it every day like after work we'd get home we'd boot it up we play for a couple hours until like dinner time. And, um, I think, I think that the overall story and everything is bad. And I think the bullet spongy Mm. enemies are bad, but the, the, the feel of it and the powers that you can play around with were a lot of fun. Um, the end game of it, some people enjoyed it. I found that having to, like, there were some very specific, like, character builds. Like, you needed very specific weapons and very specific armor to, in order, if you wanted to have any chance at, at, at you know, completing, like, the end game quests. So I never completed the end game quests. Necess- like, I finished the story, but there's, like, a post story like challenges and stuff that you can kind of like go around and, and do with friends and re- repeat like similar to like a destiny, um, like De- destiny. What, what are they called? Uh, strikes, not strikes. The, de- the basic destiny missions. Right. Right. And, and some of them, some of them are even similar to like raids, uh, to an extent. Um, but, the bu- a lot of the bullet spongy enemies um, kind of got in the way of that. And unless you had very specific build, um, you could, you know, it it was very, it didn't seem very balanced at, at the end game for every play style. Like there had to be like a very specific s- setup that you had to do if you wanted to succeed. And so, hmm. uh, and with, oh, Nathan's gone. Uh-oh. With, um, you know, Nathan's back. Uh, Just when I changed the the layout over to be three people instead of two. Yep. Nailed it. Can you hear me? Can I hear things? Yes, we can. Yay, it went super silent and I lost everything. So I thought I'd jump out and jump back in. My apologies. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's okay. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. So that's your fault, Nathan. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Um, no, it's, um, I, I had just enough fun with it to keep me going and get all the achievements in it, especially with it being on game pass. Um, I don't think I would have been happy if I had ha- had to spend the money on it personally. Hmm. Well, one thing, on game uh, pass. yeah. 
Yeah. One thing uh, on the subject of uh, trophies and achievements, one thing I did appreciate about this game is that uh, if you bought the PlayStation 4 version of it, you could immediately upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, uh, which is what I did. And apparently down the road, if you get the Platinum on PS5, you can actually double back and automatically pop the PS4 Platinum, which typically is not always the case uh, when it comes to these sorts of games, typically it has to be that you complete the game on PS4 and then you can pop the PS5 version, but not the other way around. So that's pretty nice. I haven't nice. seen a game do that yet. Is there another title that lets you do it the reverse way? I honestly don't know. This is like I distinctly like made a point of checking this ahead of time before I uh, downloaded the PS5 version. And that's uh, the way I understood that this game worked. I Yeah, I can't. There are no other games that come to mind that function the way that this game does. Um, but I'm really appreciative of it. Um, I'm curious, AJ, you mentioned how like you didn't particularly enjoy the game story. Was it a thing where from the outset you just didn't really like what people can fly was doing or was it more it, like a gradual or like was there like a certain turning point where you're like, ah, this isn't that great? No, it, it was right from the beginning, like the the acting seemed bad and it was kind of like badly choreographed and mm. and everything um and and the story just wasn't as engaging and like all of that mixing together it just didn't it just didn't feel quality right it felt like a, the perfect game pass game if that makes sense mm. um well even knowing that I'm still motivated to continue playing it. And I, I yeah. know AJ that, you know, ultimately you walked away from it, not super satisfied, but I am I, totally oh, down. I, that's the thing though. I, I was satisfied enough to get all the achievements and I, that is not something that Fair. I do. I know you, Fair. you will go for trophies and everything. I, I can't, I don't, I don't, you're not programmed that way. You know, I, once I'm done with a game, I'm done with a game. It does. It, I, I'm not a completionist by any means, but something drew me to, to do that for whatever, like the fact that I lost a whole character where, when I was like very close to the end game and I spent an entire like day after that grinding a new character up to that point. Like I had my friends kind of help me out and, and rush me a little bit, but the fact that I, I I stuck to it and did that um, just sort of sp speaks to something that I can't even articulate or understand within myself. Um, it, it sounds like the kind of game that like it scratched an itch that you didn't know needed to be scratched, that it contained yeah. like a secret, uh, a a seed of something secretly awesome that no other game before had really been able to kind of tap into. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. There, there was something, something about it and it just, it just hooked me in very specific ways, but just, but like not enough where I can't couldn't like acknowledge that it like it's shortcomings. Hmm. So, well, in any case, I'm definitely down to, squad up with you uh and your pals in this game and you nathan too uh if you're down to clown in outriders too if, if what, that. what what class did you 
I chose to play as the fire person for lack of that, I know yeah, the I know pyro- it has a much more pyromancer. pyromancer pyromancer yeah yeah um pyromancer I I was enjoying that's the character that I lost mm. um and then I picked up the techromancer so and I thought that one was pretty good that one was a very good support character <laughs> where where like I was like if if my teammates equipped weapons and stuff that were effective against frozen um enemies then we could like demolish a lot of stuff gotcha so well i'm definitely down to clan in that game again with you guys maybe on stream maybe off stream we'll see uh i also want to take uh another quick moment to talk a little bit about coffee talk so either of you familiar with this game I remember when it came out and it was essentially like a medieval coffee shop. Am I correct? Where you're running it and you have to make the drinks and stuff? Sort of. So it's medieval only in the sense that there are a number of uh, medieval creatures running around in it. It actually takes place in like modern day Seattle. I think it's like Seattle of the year 2020, which made for an interesting experience playing the game because, of course, you know, we are living through a pandemic, a pandemic that was, you know, all the more prevalent back when it first made its way onto the scene that year. And like literally a huge kind of plot point about this game is that a bunch of characters are going to Coachella, the music festival in Seattle. And it's like, man, like what a game that kind of feels like it belongs to a entirely different period of time, despite taking place in the year 2020. Um, Playing Coffee Talk uh, was an interesting, weird experience for me. I picked it up because another podcast I'd listened to that I've talked about in the past, uh, Respawn Name Fire, was playing through it as like a monthly book club thing. Uh, And literally days after I downloaded it, um, one of the like main developers uh, and creator of the Mm -hmm. game, uh, Mohammed Fahmy, uh, tragically passed away. It's possible that you might have kind of seen news of this uh, on social media. I have I've heard this very sad sad news. It's one of those things where like, you know, I had not particularly paid attention to Coffee Talk before. I didn't particularly know uh, who Fami was prior to it either. Uh, But all of a sudden it was like, hey, you're playing Coffee Talk. And, uh, you know, the developer of it just passed away. And that unfortunately cast kind of a shadow over what was otherwise like a really satisfying and enjoyable experience. the way that I could best describe it is basically if you took those like anime girl studying streams on YouTube and expanded it out into a game about serving coffee to humans and mythical creatures in Seattle, but you actually like imbued real kind of like heart and depth into a lot of its dialogue and the interpersonal relationships that its characters share. There's a version of this game that could have been, I feel like very kind of, shallow and very much kind of exploitative of that like uh lo-fi chill uh kind of hip-hop kind of like genre of art uh but this game uh, i think uh went way further than that and i uh really appreciated that so shout out to coffee talk and you know shout out to mohammed uh, fami you will be missed and uh, as i understand it uh, he was working on a game called Love EP, which uh, was due to release later this year. Uh, and there is also a sequel to Coffee Talk coming out later this year as well called Butterfly and Hibiscus. So 
hopefully there's, you know, a, a timeline later this year in which both those projects can be released, uh, at least in some state, um, so that we can kind of get to see what uh, he was working on next. But yeah, it, it was an unexpectedly, I, 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 you know, every time you play a video game, it's a, you know, diversion from life uh in some way shape or form and this was an interesting intersection of something that was both a diversion but also you know something that also kind of reminded me a lot of even my own mortality as i was playing it because of the uh circumstances in which i was playing it if you, um, if you ever if you enjoy this game check out um i think it said valhalla i played it quite a few years ago but it's a cyberpunk this is the one games this is the one where like Valhalla is written out in all sorts of like weird numbers and yeah, characters. Yeah, VA dash right? eleven Hall dash A, right? Is yeah. what it is. But it's a cyberpunk um, bartending game, and I think it's a cool. very similar cool. format to Coffee Talk in a lot of ways. Awesome! I'll definitely look into it, uh, Nathan. I want to briefly. Uh, touch up on what's been up with you and Fall Guys as of late before I talk about the last game I wanted to talk about today. You, against all odds, got another platinum in this game. Can you believe it? I got two Fall Guys platinums. So amazing, like unbelievable. How long did it take you to get this platinum trophy, Nathan? 49 seconds. It's potentially the shortest on PSM profiles that I've ever received. Amazing. Sir okay. Nathan, you've become uh, a trophy hoarder and a speedrunner all at once. How did you pull this amazing feat off? So um, if you guys aren't familiar with Fall Guys, uh, viewers, like longtime viewers of the podcast, know I fell in love with this game and played it a lot and a lot. I've definitely fallen off over the past year. Um, but uh, as you guys know, they are now owned by Epic. Uh, Mediatonic is owned by Epic now. And they switched the launcher for the game, I think, so that they could have your epic friends and stuff appear in it, like similar to Fortnite would, and make it easier to group up with people. And they probably couldn't use the existing launcher that was for Fortnite. So what they ended up doing was coming out with this new launcher, and when you go into it, it immediately pops your platinum trophy and, oh, and all cool. your other trophies. So... Huh. Um, yeah, any, any trophies you have progress in, the old launcher is going to shut down in a month. And you'll have to download this new launcher. Got it. So, so you only basically what you're saying is you only have a month to platinum Fall Guys in its original form, and then after that, this becomes the only platinum you can get. Yes, and all your trophies will transfer over. I was having this conversation in another Discord group with somebody. Um, I think it was the Trophy Room Discord group actually. Um, but yeah, like I think you have one more month to try and get, like get any trophies. I think it's May. It's supposed to shut down the original launcher and then you have to use the new launcher going forward so mm. and i half expect that there will be a ps5 launcher at some point that sounds pro- likely right yeah maybe i guess so with it coming to xbox I, I, and switch probably yeah probably so um and if that's the case maybe that's a third platinum in 49 seconds Ooh. wow yeah so. i uh I played quite a bit of Fall Guys back in the day and definitely would have been down to platinum it. But getting those like five wins uh, in a row just felt 
pretty unattainable to me. So I, I know that I've said this on this podcast in the past, like hats off to you, Nathan, for actually managing to pull that off. That is a feat that even Super Gamer Cozy here couldn't do. Well, I, I was honest about it um, because the five wins, um, I cheated. Yeah. <gasps> Wait a minute. I told you guys. Is this a Press YZ exclusive? No. Have you not talked about this before? No, we've definitely talked about this. There was... Uh, we've been doing this... Uh, hold on. I just want to say, like, quick disclaimer. If anybody is currently listening to this episode, episode and is like, hey, Cozy, you talked a whole ton about your experience with Breath of the Wild on episode blah, blah, blah. Hey, Nathan talked a whole lot about his time with Fall Guys and how he cheated on episode blah, blah, blah. We've done 108 episodes of the show. That is two times the number of bits in the Nintendo 64. So inevitably we will forget things. All right, Nathan, tell us about how you cheated. Um, so yeah, no, uh, when they opened up the private servers, you could spam private servers and just like have like going with four people and just win five games in a row against those four people and they all drop off and die. Um, and then it popped. Hmm. Um, so, and I definitely took advantage of that because I think I got to four wins in a row once and then missed my fifth and wanted to scream. So, I don't know if that method's still open. I think they did close it once they realized what was going on. Um, but I know that is the one hard trophy for everybody. So, yeah, I, I will definitely, like, I'll definitely look into it myself to see if that's still a means i don't know if i'll actually like go out of my way to actually take advantage of it uh i'm just gonna very briefly kind of check my trophy list here for the original version of fall guys so in terms of the trophies that i don't have uh, i don't have fall guy fashionista which is to get 50 cosmetic items from the store Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have head turner, which is to equip a legendary body color pattern, upper and lower costume piece. That seems like it's like a bit of a pain in the neck, but ultimately just a grind, right? Yeah. Well, and you can buy the legendary pieces from the store. So, and that's really what it is. So just save your money up right. like in game kudos and buy the legendary pieces or your stars. Yeah. So it's not There's that also... hard. There's a plethora of items. So reach level 25 and reach level 40 during a season that sounds like it's maybe a little bit more skill based although i can also see how that could theoretically be boosted no that's super easy well, not easy but you just got to keep playing the game and you earn everything mm. you do you earn experience for so right. that's just you don't but even have you, to be good if you the, do well obviously it will speed up the process oh 100 percent. the better you do the more you get but yeah um this one you might find hard, uh, the track star getting first place in a racing round 20 times. So mm. that's like from the beginning to end, and you have to be in that first place position at the end of each of those races. So I definitely did that like once or twice, but like no more than like three times. Yeah, I did it pretty early on, but I got good at it quickly when people were still struggling and I figured out all the little tricks to get good. Uh, win seven episodes. So that's just, that one's easy. You just got to win because that's not a show. That's just an episode. Mm. Uh, the whole thing's a show and same with win 20 episodes. Those aren't terrible. Yeah. The, the one trophy that gives me pause is this one trophy called veteran status, which is qualify from 500 rounds. Now, like again, if you're playing fall guys a lot, 
it's not that bad. But if I only have a month to grind this out, like I can see myself really getting sweaty trying to make sure that I get those 500 under my belt. And I don't know, does the game like keep stats that tell you how many rounds you've qualified from and stuff like that? No, no, it really should. Um, the stats are one of the things I wish the game had so I could see like what games I excelled in, which games I didn't excel in um and that sort of thing i think that'd be really interesting but there's no counter and because it's a ps4 game there's no even like percentage of how far you are in said mm. achievement so one thing right. i really have like from the xbox ecosystem with achievements um is that it gives you like a like how close you are all right well i'll have to I, Honestly, truthfully, I don't see myself going back and platinuming this game. I'm afraid that you'll be the only person in this group with the double plat. But hey, at least one of us has it. And I suppose that's something to be proud about. Well, it seems like both that's people are matters. adjusting themselves in their chair. Uh, I guess without further ado, uh, I'll go ahead and jump into uh, the final topic of discussion that I want to have this evening, uh, which is... Uh, a little game that was the main topic of discussion last week uh, by the name of Tunic. Uh, AJ. Yes. Over the course of this podcast, we talked about how you played Breath of the Wild and Pokemon Heart Gold along with the Pokewalker to keep yourself mm-hmm. occupied, keep your uh, body and mind sound while you roughed your way through, you know, the worst days of the Rona. The Rona. Did you yeah. check out Tunic at any point? during that time yeah so tunic is a kind of a game that is bigger than it appears on the surface oh yeah right and you know i i really want to i'm i'm like upset with myself because it's like one of those games that i really want to get into in the fact that you know not only is it reminiscent of zelda there's some very modern, like, borderline Souls-like combat in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but but then it's also, like, I don't know if you guys have played Fez, yes. but it's very much, like, it's got, it's got very similar secrets to, like, Fez, right? And I was just way too not in the right mindset Mm. to deal with a new game throwing new problems at me, which is part of the reason why I bounced back to Breath of the Wild, because I was already familiar with a lot of it. Mm. And some of it is very similar in a lot of ways in that there's, there's a lot of smaller mysteries for you to, to try and figure out. And there's, um, you know, the combat is like, I heard this on the giant bombcast, but they said it's Breath of the Wild is Elden Ring for babies. And that that kind of makes sense in a way. Um, so Tunic being kind of the Souls-like experience, I found myself just sort of like making so such stupid mistakes with, with the combat. And I'm just like beating my head up against the wall, just trying to get past this one encounter to try and get this key that I needed to like, I think unlock this, house or whatever and i just couldn't do it while i was going through the rona um and so 
Um, I, you know, unfortunately I had to put it down. Um, I'm hoping I, I get inspired to get back to it at some point, but, um, you know, by all accounts, it sounds like it's absolutely amazing. And the little bit that I did play of it, I was enjoying it up to a point and I just didn't have the patience, unfortunately, at that time. Would you say like between the very kind of obtuse puzzles that the game presents you with and it's like kind of challenging difficulty system like which uh, aspect of the game would you say is more of an impediment impediment to you kind of continuing to play um the combat and the encounters specifically um where i didn't the the, the speci very specifically where where i was getting frustrated was the the some of these enemies with the sword and shields and everything like those are fine i learned how to do those mm. but then the enemies with the the enemies that the long range enemy enemies that shoot things at you that look like little poly, polygonal i don't know porygons yeah port yeah port little polygonal porygons as nathan said um specifically the ones that shoot like the big array of projectiles as opposed to just the one i kept screwing that up um and then getting hit by something else and it just it just got so incredibly frustrating like the cut like i was not in the right mindset for that specific combat and then when i would die not only would everything like all the enemies reset and i would have to do it again if even if i made a little bit of progress through them but it spawned me kind of like far away um mm -hmm. like the the closest respawn point was kind of far away so it, it was just kind of like it just piled on top of each other like a, like those little bit little issues that are so very much part of like every video game but specifically in this one i was having such a hard time with it um I will say I really like the manual stuff that you have to pick up along the way. And it's just, it's, it's su such a cool retro throwback. Um, just in, in the aesthetic and the way it looks, it's, it's super cool, but yeah. I think you and, so, you and I have similar thoughts there, AJ, and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. 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 So like catching people up to speed, uh, I had a whale uh, of a time with this game when I played it. I pretty much like had no major issues with pretty much every aspect of it. I thought the combat system, while definitely a little bit tough to master uh, at the beginning, I feel really kind of unfolded in a very satisfying fashion. The more and more I kind of got into it, I thought that the uh, pages of the instruction booklet and all the kind of secrets that they yielded were really satisfying to kind of puzzle out. Uh, but yeah, you, Nathan, were not super down with it. And on last week's episode, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about, mm -hmm. you know, games offering accessibility options uh, that make it so that you don't have to deal with some of the crud that they present and you can get to the good stuff. Uh, I was not aware uh, when we did last week's episode that, in fact, there are some accessibility options that do uh, simplify some of this stuff, namely 
you can make it so that you have unlimited health, uh, unlimited stamina, or just turn on like a no fail mode uh, oh, really? while playing the game. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. that. Yeah, that's what uh, I've come <clears throat> to understand since last week. Does that... I realize I don't want to turn this into a recurring segment of, are you going to try Tunic now, Nathan? Are you going to try it now? Are you finally going to give it a shot? But I am genuinely curious. Like, do you think that this will motivate you to go back to it? Or are you more of the mindset of like, "Mm, I kind of wish that Tunic had just been designed from the ground up to be a little bit more forgiving. I don't know. You're so you're saying that makes me a little more interested because everything like about the game i should love it but like i told you my main issue was the combat and i don't want that dark i'm just not a dark souls combat guy and it's i i hate the fact that very deliberate yeah we're seeing that more and more come to to games um and that's not my pace of game um so i'm glad that there's accessibility modes i didn't even realize they were in there so that's something that uh 100 percent I would look at and potentially go back and spend a little more time with it. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see over the weekend if if I can get back mm-hmm. to it. AJ, do you think that do these sort of renew your interest in giving it another shot or? No, because like I knew about them, but like it's one of those like I was more fr- I think I was less frustrated with the game and more frustrated with myself and not being able to. Mm-hmm to push through it um the i would consider like it, like if i if if this was say like the hard mode and i would consider putting it down to normal in terms of difficulty if that were an option but like mm. there's like the what is it the no 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 die like yeah i got it uh, a little bit confused there there's the option to uh make it so that you can't lose health and then there's stamina i said that there was also a no fail mode but that's just uh the yeah. no lose lose health, health mode yeah. yeah 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 um yeah it it i wouldn't i don't think i would use those specific accessibility options um just personally because i would want to play the game specifically as privileged as i am to be able and like physically able and able to handle a a, a, the standard controller and and do that i would just personally want to play it the way the developers put it out on the default mode the default setting um just to know that i could um and it just so happened that i i couldn't this past week it just i did not have the energy or the focus or the the patience to be able to deal with that fair enough fair enough i I contend that if you guys do ever give this game a chance i think that the golden path of this game figuring out all the secrets contained within the game's instruction manual is incredibly satisfying i talked about this on last week's episode it brought me back to the experience that I had playing through the original Dark Souls back in the day, uh, but with much less trial and error and much more aha moments where I figured out what the game was trying to communicate to me in terms of what I needed to do next. Uh, It's a really, really special experience uh, in that regard, much more special than a lot of other similar games we've gotten uh, as of recent. Um, But ultimately, you know, 
to each to each his own. Uh, I, I will say, like, I do kind of appreciate uh, this sort of fork in the road in terms of our uh, thoughts on this game, because for sure, uh, this game is probably going to come up uh, when we do our inevitable game of the year podcast at the end of this year. And it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, interesting to kind of trade thoughts then and also see where I'm at with the game. You know, if the game still remains in my mind, this sort of crowning jewel of 2022, or if it has fallen a little bit in luster due to other games that I'll play after it, or because reflecting back on it, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see your point here and there on it. Yep. All right. Well, I think that we've reached the end of today's merry little episode. Oh, Nathan, do you have something more that you need to do? Uh, no, I was just putting my finger up for fun. Okay. <laughs> putting up your it finger worked. for fun. Let's, let's, let's all put up our fingers for fun. Yeah, this is pretty fun. Nobody ever told you that putting up your finger was a lot of fun. Especially that could be putting a new t-shirt. Up fingers finger, for fun. This finger's real fun. This finger's real fun. I think there's another I like I like finger that's real fingers. fun. Oh, those three Wait, fingers. Wait, don't, don't forget I like the finger these guns. two fingers. The finger uh, guns. No. Are, you, are you threatening me? Oh, no. Don't do that. Uh, like Even when you put your thumb off. upside down like this, it's still pretty fun because you're just putting a finger out, you know? Actually, no, you're putting you a thumb it. out. Your thumb's not a finger. Oh, is I that like so? To, I like to do this. Yeah, your finger needs two um, joints. A thumb only has one joint. Oh, is that is that really the, the definition? Like the dividing the factor between a, a finger and a non-finger? Yes. Well, I, I didn't know this. I didn't know okay. that. Well, I, I suppose I, learned. I I didn't come here to learn new things, Nathan. I'm How s- dare you? I'm sorry. But yeah, if you look at all your fingers, they have two joints. But your thumb well, only has one. I mean, oh. that's the way that we end episodes of Press YZ here. An extended visual only segment followed by a actually really groundbreaking fact about human biology. I think we found the clip for this week. I think this is the clip. Hell yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Press YZ. If you enjoyed this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at PressYZ and slide into our Discord uh, at invite.gg PressYZ to keep the conversation going. Uh, until next time, thank you for playing. <laughs>